Greetings, rare ones. My name is Joanne, and I started the Rare Birds podcast because I wanted to hear from people like myself who come from emerging markets or the developing world, as we're called, who are entrepreneurial, resourceful, passionate, and energized to take their vision from idea to startup. Each week, you will hear me interview founders and teams from across emerging markets who are in the early stages of building their businesses. From time to time, you will also hear me speak with established ecosystem builders, mentors, investors, and business professionals who share knowledge based on their years of experience. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in hearing from the next wave of change makers across emerging markets, building in various industries from agro to tech to health, beauty, and all in between. This podcast is also for those who have ideas, but they're not entirely sure how to make them a reality. They're looking for inspiration and encouragement. We call ourselves Rare Ones. And if this sounds like you, then welcome to the family. Sit back, relax, and listen in to our always so good conversation. Bye for now. Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. And I am your host, Joanne, and we are back with another episode. And today I am speaking with Gambian entrepreneur, Mudu Njai. Hello, Mudu, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Joanne. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, it's a real pleasure to have you on, Mudu. So, Mudu. We're going to be talking about all of your ventures in the agricultural space today. I'm really, really happy to have this conversation with you because I think you're my first agro startup, like proper agro tech startup. So it's really, really nice oh, okay. to be able to, to talk all things agriculture and tech with you. I've had agricultural uh startups before, but they weren't tech based. So it's really great to be able to to have this chat with you. So before we begin, Mudu, can you just introduce us to, to Mudu? Who is Mudu? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Mudu is a young and um, forward-thinking Gambian uh, living in the Gambia, but um, has traveled widely uh, um, across Africa and Europe and United States, and who has a passion for ICT and agriculture. Basically, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's it. So, yeah. Mudu, you were you were born and raised in the Gambia, and you've done all well, of your correct. school. You've done all your schooling there. So, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Were you were you someone who was always dibbling and dabbling at a young age? How did that journey begin? Well, let's let's say that I did um, majority the, the, uh, of my schooling in the Gambia, but I also did some schooling in India. Um, that's where I did my Microsoft um, certifications um, because I'm, I'm a Microsoft certified technology specialist, which I obtained in India in 2006. Um, I also studied briefly in the in the in the U.S. Um, and also did some courses in the U.K. Uh, but the basics, uh, I mean, in terms of primary school education, high school, uh, and the early stages of uh, computer studies was done in the Gambia. Okay. Where in the U.S. did you study? Um, I was in Maryland, uh -huh. um, 
I also did some online courses whilst in the U.S., whilst working. I did my associate's degree in specialized business studies um, from a, uh, an, an online institution called uh, Education Direct, Thompson Education Direct. I think they have now changed their name to something else. This is way, okay. back, in, um, this is way back in the year 2000 or 2001. It's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Mudu, tell us about ag the agricultural uh, economy in the Gambia. What should we know about that? Well, um, I, I have to say that agriculture forms the backbone of the Gambian economy. Mm -hmm. um, over 40% of Gambia's GDP uh, comes from agriculture. Um, okay. The vast majority of uh, people working in the Gambia in the informal sector are farmers. Uh, so that tells you that, uh, I mean, agriculture plays a very pivotal role uh, in the economy of the Gambia. We have vast arable land and we have the potential to be the, become the, uh, the breadbasket um, of at least maybe two or three countries within West Africa. Call it the Wamsi zone, that is Gambia, um, Senegal, um, uh, Guinea-Bissau, and I think Liberia. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have that potential to, to feed ourselves and also to feed uh, our neighboring countries because we have vast amount of um, unused land. Despite the size of, of the country, it's, it looks very small on the world map, but um, we have, I, I don't have the st statistics of head, but the amount of uh, land that is available for agriculture is quite substantial. Okay. So what is preventing your country from capitalizing on the agricultural economy? Um, it's a combination of factors. Uh, because... I would say that um, I'm not political, but I'm just, I just like to state facts. Mm -hmm. From my experience, uh, Gambia used to be the number one exporter of cotton in Africa, not even West Africa, back in the 60s and 70s, despite our small population. Back then, we were less than one million you know, in population. Uh, the, the size of Gambia, the length and breadth of Gambia, is, it's about 11,000 square kilometers. It's a really small country. And yet, in the, in the 70s, we were the number one exporter of cotton in Africa. We were, also the, we were also one of the top exporters of peanuts or groundnuts uh, in West Africa. Uh, and our groundnut was one of the most sought after um, in, in, around the world, actually. But now that has, all of that has changed, has collapsed. Uh, uh, we no longer produce cotton. Um, we also did very well in rice production. Uh, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, but we had a change of government uh, after 30 years. In 1994, there was a military takeover. We had a president who was, uh, um, a, I, would, I would say, kind of a, a dictator, so to speak, but was mm -hmm. also very passionate, was also very passionate about agriculture and really wanted to make a change, but um, he ended up... Uh, doing more harm than good, even though he did a lot of good, I have to state, because I'm not politically motivated. I don't align myself with any political party. I, I like to say things as they are. He did a lot of good, uh, but he did a lot of bad as well. And the bad actually, in the end, overshadowed all the good he did. 
unfortunately. Um, mm. Then we have, so, so politics has been one of our main challenges, the stumbling block. So we had another changeover. He, uh, he lost the elections after 22 years, and we had a change of government. Even though he, he, didn't, he, re he reluctantly left, he had to be forced out. Almost physically, the West African forces called ECOWAS had to, mm -hmm. send troops, had to send troops into the Gambia to threaten him to leave. And that's the only time that he actually decided to leave and mm -hmm. conceded uh, defeat. So now we have a coalition government, so to speak. They've been in power for four years or mm -hmm. more than four years. And... Um, They've tried to make changes, but to be honest, uh, it's, there's, there's a lot of room for improvement. It's much to be desired. Uh, it's the same old story because they've, they've hired um, most of the former uh, employees of the former regime. Basically, they decided not to start from scratch. And some of the people that they hired have questionable characters and they have questionable track records. Uh, so we... We're, we're like, it's a merry-go-round, and uh, um, there is progress, but there's not enough progress uh, that has been made. Uh, but there's the potential is still there to correct the wrongs and, 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 and make things work. Absolutely. And as an entrepreneur, you are creating opportunities for farmers. So yeah. you want to tell us about your two companies. You have got Farm Fresh, and you also have Money Farm. You want to explain a little bit about each one and the problems they're solving and what you're doing with those? Yes, so Farm Fresh started out in 2013 when I launched it, became a, becoming the Gambia's first online food store and delivery company. And the idea was to help farmers, especially the women farmers. I mean, 90% of all farmers in Gambia uh, are women, you'll be shocked. Um, no, I, I'm familiar, you know, I'm familiar that across the continent, Africa, generally, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, majority of the farmers are women, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been, I've, I've researched that at length, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. interesting statistics, you know, and um, we wanted to help them to find access to markets to sell their produce, they always find it difficult after harvesting, uh, we submitted our proposal, that is to say, we made a submission um, online on the, on the Seedstars website expressing interest to pitch, okay. and we were shortlisted. And upon being shortlisted, we did our pitching contest in Gamel in, um, I think, November or so in 2018. And we won the competition despite being in operation for only two months at that, at that time. Excellent. So we represented, yes, so I represented Gambia in, in Dar es Salaam, in Tanzania, where, where we had the regional competition. It was not really a competition, but um, it was basically to get us prepared for the global competition in Switzerland, okay. which I also attended in 2019, in April 2019. I, okay. I, 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 I rep represented uh, Money Farm. In, in Switzerland, and I pitched uh, our business idea. And that's and that's where you did you win the competition there? It was in Switzerland. No, I won the the Gambia competition. The local. That was the Gambia, uh, right? I understand. Okay. Yes. yes. And then you you went off to the global competition in 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 Switzerland. Okay. 
Yes, um, I did not end up winning, but I made a lot of uh, contacts, uh, which is quite valuable. And the networking is still ongoing. Of course, of course, uh, yeah. That's the most important aspect. Yeah. I would imagine you're part of a wider Seed Star network, which is very beneficial to you at this, oh, yeah. generally as you build your 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 businesses. Yeah. Oh yes, it's 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 invaluable. I would say it's really it's been a blessing really to be part of the Seed Stars network. Uh, we're really learning excellent. a lot. We're doing, yeah, we're doing a lot of networking and exchanging mm. ideas and stuff like that. It's wonderful, really. Yeah. So, where are you now with Money Farm? What? Um, with Money Farm, we have um, onboarded six entrepreneurs, and we're looking at onboarding another three in the in the short term. Uh, 90% of the entrepreneurs are, are performing well. And um, uh, we've just onboarded uh, a farmer who's doing rice farming and who received an investment of $5,000. So in total, uh, we've raised over $30,000 since we started in terms of uh, investments. And we're looking at doubling or tripling this uh, amount uh, within the next 12 months. Okay, okay. And how how has the process been in terms of getting the diaspora, the Gambian diaspora on board? Because trust is a big issue. Trust is yes. a big issue. It's been very challenging. Um, however, uh, with us, because Gambia is so small, everyone knows everyone else. That's one of our advantages. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of the, a lot of the um, investors who have invested in Money Farm actually know me personally, um, so that made it easier for them in terms of trust, because they they know they know about my background, my history. So, uh, but if they had not known me, then it would have been very difficult. It would have been very difficult because trust would definitely be an issue. It would have taken much longer. Yeah. 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 Now, one one of the things that I learned about Farm Fresh is that I think you're looking to um, expand, so to move outside of the Gambia. Is that still the case? Yes, that's still very much the case. We are we are looking we are looking into expanding, you know, our business beyond the shores of the Gambia. Is that something you can talk about? What you're doing in that realm? Um, let's just say uh, we're currently in negotiation with hmm. a potential partner um, in, a, in a West African country. Okay. Everything, if, since we're still in this negotiation process, that's why I don't want to go too far until everything is certain and confirmed. Sure. Since sure, I'm on course. record. Yeah, yeah. But we are working on it. That's really exciting. So is your long-term goal to expand beyond West Africa, the region that you're in, or what is, what is the, 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 overall, the overall aim? Yeah, the overall aim, the overall aim is to replicate our business model across Africa. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I have traveled across Africa, and there's been a demand you know, from, from these con people, are, people that I've met in these countries, like even Nigeria, 
um, mm. in South Africa, in in Kenya, uh, in Zimbabwe, um, uh, Tanzania, um, even in Morocco. I mean, uh, most of the countries that I visited um, have expressed interest to have money farm replicated in their countries. Um, so we 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 have that. Um, uh, plan. We have a plan to expand uh, eventually to most of these countries, but of course, at a steady pace. I mean, not in a rush, you know, um, phase by phase, you know. So we are on phase one, then after maybe two years, we go to phase two. It depends, you know. It could be. It it could even be on a yearly basis, um, but uh, we are not looking at expanding. Uh, like into more than one country per year. Per there is a demand for for your company for Farm Fresh in these countries. Is that because there isn't any? There aren't many local startups doing the same thing, or is that because the startups that are doing it aren't efficient? Um. Well, it could be a combination, but um, uh, that's, that's, that's the feedback that I received from them, that they don't have such a platform in their countries. Maybe they are not aware of it, so maybe the startups in those countries haven't done a good job in marketing themselves. Uh, but for me, I see it as an opportunity, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. So what do you think is going to be the next tech innovation in the agricultural sector. Is that something you've been thinking about? Yes, I'm always thinking of and ways of innovating sure. and coming up with new ideas. But yeah. currently I would say it's on the, I'll keep it on the wraps for now. I, I can't <laughs> think about that. <laughs> well, yeah, not your but, personal, not your personal plans, but just generally, what do you think is sort of going to be the next uh, thing that people are going to be talking about in terms of technology and agriculture? Well, I know e-commerce e is here to stay and it's going to grow exponentially in Africa and beyond. And also yeah. payment, plat payment platforms like uh, mobile money. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Uh, E-wallets, e e things like yes. that. Uh, mm -hmm. Paying via WhatsApp and other platforms. It's just, mm -hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna be really huge in the next um, couple of months and even within the next twelve months. Yeah, and I think um, AI as well is probably going yes, to be AI some. As well. Yeah, that we're going to see used a lot in more ag yeah. tech start startups. Yes, even for Farmfresh, we're working on a chatbot using AI mm -hmm. technology, so that um, customers can actually purchase. Uh, products through WhatsApp uh, using AI. We are working on that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. I've been doing some research on things like uh, intelligence, like intelligent sharing, just amongst farmers generally. It's mm. not, for example, you can be a farmer in, you mentioned in Nigeria, somewhere in Nigeria, and you're doing something really innovative that maybe somebody in, in the Gambia could potentially mm. benefit from but everyone's operating in silos so there could be platforms that would help farmers share knowledge, knowledge yes share. yes 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, how do I put it? Uh, yeah, I've been approached by many platforms in Africa. The latest one is called Nourishing Africa. Uh, and they kind of uh, onboarded me as one of the agri-tech um, pioneers in Africa. So right. they're always communicating with me. They did an interview with me. Um, I serve as a mentor. Um, and there are other platforms also, uh, GIZ. Uh, and, you know, so there's a whole network. I'm also a Tony Elumelu um, alumni. Yeah. I work for Tony Elumelu. Um, uh, so this is a huge network. This is a huge network of uh, thousands of entrepreneurs uh, across Africa. But the alumni network produces 10,000 entrepreneurs every year. And this is the fifth year. So that means we've, we have a network of what? 50,000 entrepreneurs, which is really huge. Um, yes. Because Tony Elumulu, he's committed himself to, pr to provide $100 million worth of investments over 10 years. You know, uh, so you have 1,000 entrepreneurs. Sorry, sorry, I made a mistake. It's 5,000. It's 1,000 entrepreneurs per annum. So now we're at 5,000 entrepreneurs. And we have five more years to go to meet the target of having 10,000 entrepreneurs with $100 million worth of investment. So these yeah. are the networks that, that, uh, that we're using. Yeah. Something else that came um, into my mind is sustainability sustainable agriculture and how yes. tech how the technology is helping to improve just the entire process agricultural mm -hmm. process from sort of end to end is that something that you're that you work with as well sort of green tech green agriculture yeah this is this is part of it's in our plans um i mean we we are moving beyond just being a platform Right. right. Uh, yes. Into yes. being an active player in the agricultural value chain. Uh, the mm. platform will remain, but we're yeah. looking. In, we're, we're seriously looking into expanding into being an active player in terms of actually producing uh, some of these products uh, and adding value to them. So we're going to talk about food processing um, and other aspects, you know, uh, that would really uh, help make a difference. You know, beginning of the podcast, you mentioned yes. some of the challenges you're facing with government around mm. policies and, and so on. I said, so positioning yourself as a major player is one way to help to push those policies forward. Because if you're, if you're actually growing, if you're selling, if you're innovating with the technology, if you're really involved in each stage, like you said, the entire supply chain, that probably gives you some more leverage so you can have some influence on government policy, which is which is helpful for the entire agricultural economy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's where we're heading, actually, uh, because um, increasingly we are, we, are, we are being consulted in many aspects with regards to agricultural development in the Gambia, despite, despite our small size, uh, but they've seen the, the potential and they've seen the value that we're creating in the agricultural uh, um, value chain. Um, so uh, even, we, even in, in terms of logistics, in terms of transportation, um, because we have a, a delivery truck, a coal truck, so they're making use of our services to transport agricultural produce from one end of the country to the other. 
they invite us in almost any agricultural seminar or conference that's happening in the country. We are always there. That we are always invited. So that really shows that um, the government is keeping an eye on us, and they're taking us seriously as a as a as an important stakeholder in the um, agricultural sector in the Gambia, despite our small size. So that's very yeah. encouraging. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great to hear. I think it's yeah. it's not it's not always the size, but it's the impact that you're having and just uh, yeah. all the work that you're doing. It can't go unnoticed for that long, right? At some point, correct. people start to correct. see. Yeah. Very correct. Okay. Very correct. Yes. So um, normally, near the end of the podcast, we like to ask our guests to share uh, lessons that they've learned as a part of their entrepreneurial journey. So what would you like to share with our audience, particularly those who might be interested in agrotech like yourself or working with agricultural entrepreneurs or in farming, etc.? Yeah, the lesson learned is that um, one has to persevere. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you, you, you can't give up, but patience is a virtue. Um, uh, success doesn't happen overnight and never be afraid of failing. Uh, failure is actually a stepping stone to greater success as an entrepreneur because you learn lessons. If you don't learn, there's no way that um, you can improve um, and even do better. Uh, so a lot of people are, are scared of failing. Um, because if, 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 if you don't fail, that means you're not learning anything new. So it's normal to fail. Uh, when I say failure, I mean um, not giving up. But for example, you start making losses and things like that. Uh, that's very normal in, in the life of an entrepreneur. But what you do is you pick yourself up. You learn from your mistakes. You look back um, and also compare notes with other entrepreneurs and uh, people like mentors like Jack Ma, Bill Gates and others and learn from their mistakes. Uh, if you cannot learn from the mistakes of others, then uh, you, are, you, are, you are bound to make or repeat those same mistakes. Um, Jack Ma said it recently, I saw his uh, video and that's what he was emphasizing on. You need to learn from other people's mistakes so that in the event that the same situation handle, ha happens to you or occurs to you, you will know how to handle it because you've learned how Jack Ma did it, how uh, Bill Gates did it, or Steve Jobs, or let's, let's bring it down to Africa, how um, uh, Dangote did it, you know, how Tony Elumilu did it, you know, or Strive Masiwea, that sort of thing. So, uh, and keep on persevering and uh, be honest, be professional, try to do more research in your in, in your market space to know who the players are, who your competitors are, and always be innovative. Uh, always know that whatever you're thinking, someone is also thinking the same. So try to be three or four steps or ten steps ahead uh, of the pack uh, so that you can stand out. You have, to, you have to create value for your product or services um, and make yourself unique. You have to have a unique selling proposition so that uh, people will not see you just like, oh, okay, he's just another e-commerce, he's just another food processor. You know, they have to see value in what you're creating. That's it. Absolutely. 
But those were great lessons shared. Thank you so much for that. And it was really great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time, Mudu. And we hope you can you can come back on again at another time once um, things have developed even further with both of your platforms. Like you said, you're going beyond just the platform. So it will be great to talk to you in a few years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and see what you're up to. Yeah, thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to uh, listening and sharing this podcast with, with our followers so that uh, they can actually benefit from it and learn from it. Uh, because I believe in sharing, knowledge is sharing. Uh, sharing is caring. The more you share, the more you receive. Uh, I don't believe oh, yeah, in holding absolutely. back. Absolutely. I don't believe in holding back knowledge or information. So uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the podcast and also in future doing, doing, doing a follow-up so that you can have an update as to where we are. Brilliant. And where can people reach you, Mudu? Do you have social media, maybe Facebook, Twitter? Where can people reach out to you or website? We're, we're all over the place. <laughs> Uh, we are on virtually almost all social media for FarmFresh. Um, on, 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 on Facebook, just search for FarmFresh Gambia or facebook.com slash FarmFresh Gambia. For Money Farm, it's facebook.com slash Money Farm Africa. That just shows you our intention. We, we didn't even call it Money Farm Gambia. Um, on Twitter, we are Farm Gambia. Just search for Farm Gambia, at Farm Gambia. Instagram, at Farm Fresh Gambia. LinkedIn, um, you can just search for my name. That is Modu N-S-Z-N-J-I-E. M-O-D-O-U space N-S-Z-N-J-I-E. Um, on WhatsApp, our business contact is country code 220. The phone number is 366-3800. I think that should be enough for now. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, <laughs> where once? <laughs> no, that's that, that's perfect. That's perfect. No worries at all. Until next time, where ones? That's it for us. Bye for now. Thank you so much, and all the best. Hey there, Rare Ones. I hope you enjoyed listening into this week's conversation. The Rare Birds podcast is available for listen across all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, and several more. Please share our conversations with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can do so by opting in on our homepage of our website, www.rarebirdshq.com. The weekly newsletter provides analysis and data around the topics explored in our weekly conversations. Lastly, I would love your feedback and spend way too much time on Twitter. My handle is included in the notes section of each episode. Tweet me your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and feedback because I'm always looking for ways to improve my craft. If you absolutely love what you heard, then rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next week for more conversation. Bye for now.